Grab your Bible, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24. Somebody asked me one time, says, um, what are you speaking on Sunday? I said, I don't usually tell in advance what I'm going to speak on. You know what they said? You're not prepared yet, are you? <laughs> I don't know how they knew. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus was asked the question about when are you coming back? What are the sign of your coming? So he'd given them a lot of information, information we've already covered before. But there's a statement that I want to read to you. Look there in verse 32, Matthew 24, verse 32. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When its branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But at that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying, giving in marriage, till the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Similarities to something about Noah. I think we ought to know as much about Noah as we can know about Noah. I've often wondered what it would be like to live to, you know, be 600 years old, and, uh, he was an old man. Stop and think about it. How would you like to live for 600 years? And that was how old he was when the flood came. So he was an old codger. And the Bible says that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days when the Son of Man comes. Well, there's um, a lot of things that happened back in their day that seems like it's happening in our day. The Bible talks about it being a very wicked time. And the reason why we even hear about Noah is because, well, there was a flood. And the reason there was a flood was because uh, God was going to destroy all the people that weren't right. And there was only eight of them left. So God did all of that and saved eight people and put them on an ark and started all over again. The Bible tells us that God was grieved with mankind. Now, you may not know it, but the Bible even tells us today that Holy Spirit that indwells all of His children, uh, even the Holy Spirit grieves. He even tells us as His children, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption. So I guess uh, we're probably not doing that good of a job. Look at the uh, impact of the believers in the world today. Boy, we're doing a good job, aren't we? The world is in a mess. And whenever you stop and think about the founding of this country and those who believed correctly and gave us a great constitution to establish this nation and then started all these universities to teach the people the truth so that we could preserve this country, what's happened? Everything is falling apart. It's like today, we don't even have a, a good handful of people that can run and get into office because most times good people won't even get out and vote. 
So it says evil triumphs because the good people do nothing. Well, if they don't do anything, it sounds like they're, maybe they're not good folks at all. And we get the kind of a government we deserve. Are you saying that everything that's happening in this country, we deserve it? We deserve what's going on. The leaders that we have in Washington, that's what we deserve. We haven't made the impact that we should have made. Turn in your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter in chapter 2. 2 Peter is right after 1 Peter. And look in verse 4. It says, For if God, if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now, according to this verse, and we might not have known it before, but Noah was a preacher. He was a carpenter, but he was also a preacher. And he was a preacher of righteousness. But I don't believe he was a preacher of man's righteousness, but of God's righteousness. But he probably did share with the people that listened to him that their righteousness wasn't very good. Uh, they probably mocked and made a lot of fun of him. Uh, evidently, he didn't have too many so-called converts. People didn't believe what he had to say. Well, what, what did he say? Well, he just told them that there was going to be a flood. Well, they had never seen a flood. There's going to be a rain. They'd never seen rain. So there's a lot of things that um, they had to just take it by faith. No, believe it because Noah said it. Well, why did Noah say it? Well, well Noah said it because God told him. Somebody believed God and Somebody doesn't believe God. It's about where we are today. There's people that believe and there's people that don't believe. But here in uh, 2 Peter in chapter 2, it makes a statement here. And I want you to see this. Look down there in verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver. The Lord knoweth how to deliver. Now, he did that back in the flood. He knew how to separate the good from the bad, the believers from the unbelievers. God knows how to do that. The Bible knew how to take and separate Lot and his family from Sodom and Gomorrah. And he knew not only who to separate, he knew how to get it done. He did it. Now, he says he's coming back again, and he's going to separate the believers from the unbelievers. See, there's only two kinds of people in the world, believers and unbelievers, saints and the ain'ts. Those that are in and those that are out. But when Christ comes in the air for his saints, he's going to deliver us out of this world, and then he's going to punish the world. Well, that's, he's already done it several times. So he figured out a way to do it. He can do it again. All I know is, it's going to happen. But back then, it says that they just ate, and they drank, they married, and gave in marriage, and had kids, and built, and they, just like everybody's doing today. In other words, everybody's caught up in living life, and paying no attention to what God's Word says. 
Now, it's a shame when God's children do that. But the world just doesn't seem to care. And we look like we're not making much of a, an impact and changing the world for better. It looks like the world's getting worse. Instead of us turning ourselves over on the world, the world is turning itself over on us. Instead of the church going into the world and reaching the world, it's that the world has come into the church and taken over the churches. And the churches have lost its total power. So he makes the statement here in verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and, get this, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So God knows how to deliver and God knows how to punish. And that's coming. Just like he promised, it will happen. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Genesis in chapter 6. The book of Genesis in chapter 6. I realize that many of these things, you know them and know them very well. Sometimes the pastor doesn't have to always give you something new. Something new. Listen, if it's new, it probably isn't true. And if it's true, it probably isn't new. If you study the Bible, you're going to hear parts of truth all over. It's just a book of truth. But sometimes all we do is refresh your mind, cause you to remember. You see, I want all of God's children to be ready when He comes. I believe He's coming. And if you look at the world situation, it seems like it ought to be soon. Because we're in a heap of trouble. Here in Genesis in chapter 6, I want you to look down in verse 5. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord, agreed the Lord, that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. And verse 8 says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Of all these people, God saw that Noah was a righteous man. He believed in the Lord, he trusted in the Lord, and uh, he lived for the Lord. So God, out of all the people on the earth, chose this man. Chose this man to do something that was really unique. Think of how many people know about Noah. The world has heard of Noah. And what did he do? He built a boat. But he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then he makes this statement there in verse 12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. All flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. Do you think that there's a good possibility we're about as corrupt as they could have been? Whenever you think of how God judged Sodom and Gomorrah because of the homosexuals, back then they called them Sodomites, look at the world today. It, it, see, everybody has to accept th their lifestyle, but leaving it, it's okay. Well, I don't believe that it's okay. I, I believe wrong is wrong. And... Uh, 
The Bible tells us that God says it's everything corrupt. Every thought of their mind corrupt. It's like nobody cares what God says. I believe there's people who have a Bible and they read their Bible and then it doesn't change their life at all. They still just do whatever they want to do. Right and wrong is in their judgment. Don't tell me what I can and cannot do. They're going to do whatever they want. Today, and I hate to say it this way, I believe that the majority of people have totally lost any esteem or respect for the preachers. They just don't believe them anymore, don't trust them anymore. And most of it's nothing but a game. But they do not do what the preacher tells them to do. I'll bet you if I told you what to do or told you not to do something, you'd do what you want to do anyway. If you agreed with me, you would. If you don't agree, you're not. Because you don't put that esteem up there. They don't believe Noah knows what he's talking about. We have people today have lost total respect. Listen to a lot of the stuff that's written about all of our leaders. What they say about preachers. And there can be one preacher someplace and he really messed up bad. Buddy, the news media will jump on that and blow it sky high. So they want everybody to know what that preacher did. You know, as long as you're doing right, nobody says anything. But let you do something wrong and man, it's, it's news. Well, that's what we thrive on. What's going on lately? Most people love gossip. The sow seeds of discord. Backbiting. All kind of wicked stuff. Our world is full of that. And so he says here in verse 13, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them from the earth. So this is what God says he is going to do. Uh, look there in chapter 7 and look in verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. But I'm telling you, Noah, I want you to build me a boat. And he built the ark according to the dimensions that the Lord said. And then he says in verse 7, And Noah went in, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him, into the ark because of the waters of the flood. So he told them what to do. He led them, guided them, and they did whatever God says to do. You see, there's some people who believe God and want to live for the Lord. This is why if God walked in this room right now and told every person in this room, and if he had to do it and looked at every individual because he knows everything about everybody, and if he walked up to you and says, you are not saved because you're trusting in your works to get you to heaven. You join the church because you think that's going to get you to heaven. And you haven't trusted me and me alone as your only hope to get to heaven. I wonder what Peter would do. Ah, that's not true. And would probably argue with them. I'm talking about now if God did this, the Son of God that knows everything, knows all the thoughts. And what if he walked up to you and says, you're, you're trusting in your good works to get you to heaven. You're trusting in that money you gave in the offering to get you to heaven. You think the way you treat your wife and your kids and the way you pay your bill, you think that's going to help you get to heaven. 
And Jesus Christ says, that will not help. Won't even come close. You're saved only by trusting in Christ and Christ alone, accepting that payment he made on the cross for you. And if he laid it out, there would be people who would still not believe what he said and argue with him. But, Lord, don't, don't you know about James chapter 2? And they'd find a reason not to believe what he said. And even throw scripture at him. But people do that. But God says there's going to be a flood. There's going to be some water and there's going to be some mud. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. Hebrews in chapter 11. There's a chapter here called the Hall of Faith. Now that's what I call them. We have the Hall of Fame. This is the Hall of Faith. He mentions individuals from the Old Testament and how they demonstrated faith. You see, you and I are told, as ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did you receive him? Oh, by faith. So how are you supposed to live? Oh, by faith. The just shall live by faith. In other words, we're supposed to live our life believing God, taking him at his word, doing what he says. And God says, lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. God says, do not trust yourself. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. It seems right. So that's what people do. They do what seems right in their own eyes. So they become their own guide, their own God. And it doesn't matter what the Bible says. They're going to do what they want to do. Live however they please. Right and wrong is according to them. Or they take opinion polls. Well, everybody in the church says. It doesn't matter what the opinion is. This is why it's interesting you hear all these opinion polls. The opinion polls. No, we're going by what do the people think? Let me just tell you this. If I was the president of the United States... It wouldn't matter what anybody thought. I would go by the thing of what's right and what's wrong. Whatever is right, it has to be according to the Constitution, government-wise. If it ain't right here, it ain't right, period. If it's wrong, it's wrong. If the Constitution don't give you the right to do something, well, then it's wrong. You can do whatever this here says so far, the, the ruling part of it. And the people that's not listed in there, you're a free man. You can do whatever as long as you don't violate this. It's just like God says, if you love one another, you can live like you please. If you love one another. But what's the problem? Sin abounds because the love of many has waxed cold. So when there's no love, sin abounds. Why is sin abounding? Because there's no love. People don't love God. And they don't love one another. So now we use everyone. And we want to manipulate government by manipulating the people that get in to give us what we want. And it's all wrong. I told you one time, I said, I'd run for office and my platform would be... I promise to do nothing for you. 
I'm not going to do anything for you. I'm going to let you work and make your own money and supply your own needs from the cradle to the grave. It's not government's job to interfere. And believe it or not, that's the truth. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's not government's job to take care of people. But you see, you are supposed to be responsible. Government's supposed to make sure that nobody takes away that right that you have to provide and to meet your needs, to save your money. They're not supposed to be manipulating the money in this world. But what they're doing is very simple. You see, Congress is the only one that has the right to print money. The Federal Reserve doesn't have the authority. You see, they're not a part of government, so they can make the money and then sell it. Now you owe it in the debt. And where do they get it? Well, they just print it out of thin air. Didn't cost them. And they get rich. And we get poor. And the more money they print, the less our money's worth. That's illegal plunder. Illegally stealing from the people. That's wrong. What happened to people that say, look, we get to Washington, number one, do away with the Federal Reserve. And every program that's not constitutional. That's it. And get back to the gold and silver standard that's authorized in the Constitution. You could turn this whole thing around. Somebody. But see, we don't have people who want that because, see, we have been getting from the government for so long. We can't stop. And because of that, we would rather sink the whole nation. Let it all go under. And guess what? It will. It will. But here in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, I want you to look there in verse 7. In verse 7, there's about six things here I want to show you very quickly. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. This is the chapter on what does it mean to live by faith. Because he tells us that in chapter 10. The just shall live by faith. Then it tells us what is faith. Let's see there in verse 1. Now the faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, you can't see how God's going to do something, but be, you believe God will make it happen. And, and you don't know how, but you just do it. But look what he says in verse 7. By faith, Noah. Now there's a foundation for Noah's faith. A foundation. He was warned of who? God. Noah believed God. That's the foundation on which everything else takes place. Without that, there is nothing. So faith was not in Noah. Noah's faith was not in his sons or their wives. His faith was in God. And God, as he looks upon the earth, is looking for one thing. He's, he's looking for faith. He's looking for individuals that have faith, that believe Him, because God wants to use them. Now here he makes a statement. He was warned of God, 
And that means he heard the word of God. You and I have his word. And God says right before he had mentioned this about, you know, as it was in the days of Noah. He says, the heavens and the earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. You see, when you rest upon the word of God, you're resting upon a foundation that will never pass away. It's a rock. It's a solid truth. It doesn't come and go. It's not like sand. You see, a lot of the insecurity in America today is because we've got a bunch of people trying to make law on sand. It's not on the Constitution. It's sand. It's on people's opinion, and nobody knows how it's going to come down. Nobody knows whether to invest or not to invest, to hire or not to hire, because they don't know how many of my taxes are going to take or what's going to happen to me. They don't know what's going to happen to anything. Nobody's sure about Medicaid, Medicare, and Medicare, or Social Security. Everything's all up in the air. Nobody knows. And it destroys the will of the people to produce. That's where we are. By faith, Noah, being warned of God. And God says, as it was in the days of Noah, did God warn in the days of Noah? Can the preachers be warning people today and still, it doesn't seem to matter what you say. How hard you hit on the Word of God. I sometimes wonder, we have a message that we put out on the radio. There's people that hear the message every day. Some cases, twice a day. And you know, in spite of all of those places and all those people that hear all those sermons that I've been preaching, not I've preached a bunch, do you know there's only a handful of people that ever say thank you or hear something to help you on the radio broadcast? Did you know if it wasn't for the people sitting here and a few people that send in, in donations, and uh, we wouldn't be on there at all? Only because some people care. Enough people give a little extra and they put it on for the radio broadcast. I'm just making a statement about the complacency of people. But... We're trying to get the message out because there's something more important than saving America. There's something more important than saving the world. And that's to get America and the people saved. I would rather have people have eternal life and go to heaven when they die. But it's because of my faith in what God's Word says. So you work toward that. Dr. Lindstrom and myself... And there's a, quite a few others around the world, believe it or not, that are gospel-driven. It doesn't matter what our message is or what it's about. We find a way to always weave in something about the truth of the gospel. To explain it, always trying to separate between salvation and service. Have you noticed that? 